Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away three months ago. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will be taken away from the only family he has ever known. Please call Governor Hochul and voice your concerns at 518 474 That's 518-474-8390 to please keep Bradley here in these United States. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. I have a return guest. I'm very honored to have Kenneth Gottfried back on. He is an author of three books, one of which is called Victim. The second is called Child Abusers Wear Black Robes. And the third one is called Killing Judges. Now, I had him last on my podcast, which was January 4th, 2023, where we spoke out on the importance of of the podcast we were doing and what you need to know. And he's also been on season two, episode 108, 122, and 148, and then season three, episode 98, where we discussed his book, Victim, How the American Psychological Association Kills Parents, Abuses Children, and Grows Their Base, and his website, which is childabusivejudges.com. Uh, where he's got at least over 600 judges documented for child psychological abuse. I welcome you back, Kenneth. I'm so glad to have you back on. Thank you so much for having me on, Marianne. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Now, just to let you know, to clarify one thing, is they are accused judges of child abuse, psychological child abuse. So they're not documented child abusers, So, but they're documented as accused child abusers. Okay. Um, And it's one of those things that, you know, we can get into there, but, you know, no sheriff's department, no police departments want to fill out a report or file anything. Mm -hmm. Especially when the uh, APA has said that child psychological abuse is worse than physical and sexual abuse combined, but yet they're not getting that. I don't know why they're not getting that. It's money, money, money. That's the way it goes. But, you know, it's, you know, we could go into deep dive on all this stuff, but right now today, you know, let's talk about you, I, uh, Bill Burnett, Amy Baker, uh, Craig Childress, anybody who's in this parental alienation sphere and family court and even, um, uh, department of child services, uh, in their realm and how we happen to deal with so many parents and the toll it takes on us and how we have to be uh, incredibly understanding of all the levels of PTSD and things that are happening to parents. And, and unfortunately some of the more stressors, are the people that we will talk to or call us up or contact us that are literally off the chain. Mm, yes. And we're like, and it's, it's a hard thing because we want to help everybody. And 
what do you do when you get a call from a person who literally is, you know, and, and you're, you're talking with them and we know some of the depths of PTSD mm-hmm. we've been through, but when you have somebody who's totally unregulated and they're like, Ooh, I need to exit stage left mm-hmm. because this is, this is too much even for me. Mm-hmm. And the toll it takes on both you and I, because mm-hmm. we get, we, I mean, we just get the, you know, we, we get, we get so almost everybody is yeah. unhinged to a certain extent mm-hmm. and family court uh, division of child services had made them that way. Exactly. Exactly. Um, even when I was accused of emotional child abuse with two back-to-back indications, I was, I, I took care of things before things got out of hand. I went to a doctor who referred me to a really great psychiatrist who knew what he was doing because he knew what I was dealing with, CPS and the family court system. And he, he was not trying to shove pills down my throat either. We each had a say in what we wanted to do with this treatment, but that got me through it. Yes, I have PTSD complex PTSD from all of this, but I'm able to um, somewhat hold it in check. You know, <laughs> I get irritable oh, quick. I mean, I do. I I admit it. I get irritable quick, especially at stores. <laughs> but we get these callers with uh, parents that, you know, some of them are calm and rational. Yeah, that's literally. And it's funny because it's probably about the calm ones. 15 to 20%. The people that are somewhere in the midst of, you know, with it losing their kids and worried and and Mm -hmm. upset and being a victim of domestic violence and all this other stuff, that's probably like 50%, 60%, even maybe, you know, but then we get the 5% to 8%ers that are. Well, I I think it's okay to hit my kid like I did. <laughs> it's okay to do this. No one should tell me whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And no, and the narcissistic borderline person in that complaint or in that person kind of shows through that they can't be told or can't listen to someone else even suggesting you know, hey, this this is probably wrong of you. Or mm-hmm. did you think about other ways to do this? Because they're set in stone. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, at that point, when you try and get that far, you realize you can't help that person. And no matter what you say, you're that enemy. Mm-hmm. You're oh, you're now on that bad side. And it, it's 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 oh, it's it's tough. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we all have to walk away. I had this one. You'll love this one. Mm-hmm. Um, they, 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 they took their kids away and I'm trying to keep this non mom or dad. I'm trying to keep this parent. Mm -hmm. And I had this one parent. Well, I only do cocaine twice a week. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) Well, I only, yeah, I got it under control. No, no, no. If you're doing it twice a week, you don't have it under control. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and so, oh, but I know what I'm, the moment they say, I know what I'm doing and it's dealing with drugs. I'm like, oh my God, he is, 
I, I don't, I don't even know how, you know, no, if you're doing that, you're not really in control of your surroundings, your kids, your whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it, it, it's very difficult for me to find the empathy there. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, this person would continually for like a year, call me up. And I'm like, I, I have to, I have to back away, mm -hmm. you know, because at that point, you know, when someone is supposed to be clean and they're ordered to do tests and they can't pass a single one, you're like, I can't help you. So. Right. Or there are people that I, I got a call and. And I think it was even a, a text, but they could not understand English language. And okay. I, I can't, I, and I said, well, you know, maybe your attorney could come on and speak. I'm trying to work with them. You, they didn't have one. And this is everybody's problem is a lot of people have been totally run through the system and cannot even, and that's what happened to me. I was swiping charge cards to the point where I had to go pro se, represent myself. But when there's a language barrier, is there someone who else can translate? And that was slim. Yeah, well, the court is supposed to have a translator no matter who you are. Mm -hmm. so if you're in court, they should have somebody who's Italian to English or Russian to English that's in there that can translate. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, what we all find out is the family courts don't care. Right. They'll, they'll push you off, push you off, and they'll not have the translator there. And then, you know, and unfortunately, they have no problem doing as much illegal stuff as possible. I mean, they just don't. Mm -hmm. Because they get away with everything. One of the things that everybody has found out, and I was told this by an attorney, Ken, you have a great case. You have the judge calling your attorney to the, your old attorney to the stand. It's, you have that. That's not allowed. You have, you know, failure of due process, but it's an attorney. And as a judge or as a, as a member of the bar, we will never touch that. Mm. I mean, it's it's great. Only now, if you're looking at YouTube videos, do you actually see that there are attorneys out there fighting the fight, civil attorneys that are like, no, this is injustice. But attorneys still refuse to go after judges. And so, anyhow, I don't want to get too far well, off topic, topic because this one's really about care and about the people we're dealing with and it's, I understand why therapists, why a lot of these, I want to, I don't want to say highbrow, but people in the, people who have a higher elevation or stature in us, you know, in this community, get calls, get everybody calling them up why aren't you helping me why aren't you doing this for free you know what we're going through blah 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 and unfortunately we're all going through the same stuff you know we're all fighting this behemoth that is so that is so unjust and unfair mm -hmm. and so it, it's taking all of us like right now um uh there's a guy who's doing a protest up in new york 
mm-hmm. and he I sent him out a banner and stuff like that. It it it, it takes so much more. I wish that instead of the protests, I really wish these guys would not protest. I wish they would take the signs, take the banners, and march all of them straight down to the magistrate's court and file charges against their judges. Mm-hmm. Just go, I want to ch- file child abuse charges, emotional and, and psychological. I want to file domestic violence charges. And if they were to do that, that would make a bigger impact. And by all means, video it. Show people that these judges, that these magistrates, or these magistrates, these sheriff's departments and police departments all will say, not our jurisdiction. We're not going to write this report. Ah, blah, but we're not going to investigate it and show how corrupt the whole situation is. Because honestly, I I, I don't want to say this, but I haven't seen a peti- uh, protesters or petition do anything. Nothing. Unless they get a, a bunch of them. And they're like, they're literally mounting, mount, you know, uh, they're, they're going, walking into the Capitol buildings and saying, we want change. Right. Because um, I just feel people say, write to your legislators. Uh, I think that's pointless. Um, as well as these proclamations. Uh, I don't even know what those proclamations do, if oh. anything. Oh, it, there! It, it's it's not even a band aid on a wound. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally throwing a band aid into the air that hopes it lands on a wound eventually, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. It, there's so much, you know, and unfortunately, these idiot politicians, these idiots from the DHS, the other, you know, the other people also see that ten percent, that eight percent. And what do you do with the other 90%? Do you just, you know, unfortunately, these politicians, these sheriff's departments, these whatever, they throw them away. They throw all of them away because this one person may come in and be off their rocker and be like, uh, yeah, no, uh, we, you know, but, and they, that person may or may not leave them alone until they're actually threatened. You need to stop it or, you know, we're, we're going to do something. And you're just like, but you can't have that population that is over the top ruin everything else for the other 90%. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of us and a lot of therapists, a lot of writers um, are dealing with, you know, because we're still trying to move forward to do stuff. But, you know, uh, with the exception of, those people of those ones that want to throw us under the bus along with them because they don't have a good grasp of reality. Yeah. I right. just, Go ahead. It, it isn't, I, I feel bad that they don't. Um, I wish they would go to a counselor. There's no shame in going to a counselor. Finding the right counselor is a very important thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Because some people are against medication, and, and that that's fine if you don't want to take it, but it sure helped me get through everything, and I went off some of it. So one, yeah, once uh, once it was over, <laughs> that's just I know, it. I know. But unfortunately, I mean, you have people who are 
literally using their last dollar to get food. Right. And you don't have, and, and some of them, that's one instance, but other ones, I don't care how good of a counselor you have, how good of a therapist you have. When you have somebody who's completely narcissistic borderline that cannot take any kind of advice and sit back and, and process that, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, you know, there's, there's not and there's a lot of times no drug that will actually get to them and nothing will get to the, and most of the time, nothing will get to them unless they have somebody who's like, okay, where did this come from? And get them for like six months to a year to be like really digging in. Where did this attitude come from? Mm -hmm. And to really help them out. Now, I, I am in favor of therapists because I had such a great therapist up in when I was in Boone, North Carolina. His name was uh, Bob Hill. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. But boy, he was wrong all the time in my case. <laughs> Ken, don't worry. That will never happen. And it happened. Ken, oh, don't wow. worry. Next time you go into court, that will never happen. It happened. Ken, don't worry about this. That will never end. But he was absolutely stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to find somebody like that. Right is next to impossible to understand what's going on. And, and he did understand not the entire thing and the entirety of it, but he understood about, you know, he had a good 300, not 360, but 300 degree vision of everything that was happening. Um, but boy, you know, it, to find somebody like that. Right. Well, yeah. Impossible. And even when I was going through it, with all due respect, every single person who was the counselor to my kids, who was involved, uh, there was a, um, God, there's a, another guy over at uh, Appalachian State and his boss that basically said, we, you know, we're not even going to look at psychological child abuse we're not going to even mention it and leave us alone don't come back to us i'm like guys this is this is you have to do this Mm -hmm. you know mandatory reporting and you know you have these people who will fight you and pretend that Mm -hmm. they are the best so it can't it can't help but put a person that you know in a position to where you're going for help and you know there's something wrong. And you know what? If you got evaluated and you were like, you're crazy. Okay, let me take a breath. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? How can I help that? You know, please tell me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you're saying that your kids are being emotionally abused. And they're saying, we don't care and we're not going to report it. And we're not, you cannot help but be emotionally compromised at mm-hmm. that point. I'm going to the experts, the people who are supposed to know. And so, you know, we all have compassion for that. Um, What I'm really trying to say is the balance that we have to have of being a lightning rod, having people call us up, having, you know, and you doing podcasts and doing everything you can. You have some freaking wonderful, wonderful podcasts. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome. And, you know, you go through these, you listen to them, you listen to these stories and you're like, why isn't 
anything being done, mm. there's, there's so much damage in what's called secondary damage. Is mm-hmm. that you go to a professional and you say, hey, I need your help. This is what's happening. And they turn you away and they don't report the child abuse, which is kind of what the APA does, the American Psychological. They write reports, unseen wounds. You know, psychological child mm-hmm. abuse is as bad as sexual and physical, if not worse. Mm-hmm. They write these stupid things. They write these letters to the president, you know, President Trump at the, t- at the time, separating kids at the borders, mm-hmm. horrible. Well, what about separating kids during family court? We don't want to talk. Really? So you can't help but get secondary injuries from these people who refuse to acknowledge what's going on Mm -hmm. and actually make money from the child abuse and the domestic violence that throws people off a kilter. So it just, you know, what, and I guess what I'm really trying to say as, as, the lightning rods of all of us, mm-hmm. you know, who are trying to move this forward. It is very difficult when we deal and we encounter, we encounter with somebody who literally is in that 8% to 15% or who is narcissistic borderline. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like they take it out on us. Everybody who does not jump in line with their thoughts yes and a lot of times those people their thoughts are discombobulated they're not a flow of you know of because of this this happened because of this it's like this is what's going on well what about all the stuff you did here that has nothing to do with that you know so it's very difficult to find that center line you know and that that path where as you know as lightning rods for these people coming in to filter out the people who are okay you're you're a little bit off Mm -hmm. and i have have told people to their face Mm -hmm. i'm like listen um you're off and they're like what it's like you're not flowing properly Mm -hmm. You know, you're not making sense on this, this, and I'll try and point out stuff. And I was like, I, I need to have some semblance of flow. Now, I will say this other thing is that when you have PTSD, having that flow is tough. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to listen to everybody and see where they're at and see, okay, are they not making sense because of what they've been through? Mm-hmm. You know, anytime your kids are being taken away, you're, you constantly, on any normal person, what did I do? Mm-hmm. What do I need to change? What am I missing? How do I fix this? Those four things, you're repeated over and over again until it literally drives you insane when you still don't have your kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, that's, 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 that's kind of really what I wanted to say is that, you know, to everybody out there, you know, we understand Mm -hmm. we're here, we're, you know, we're doing podcasts, we're writing books, we're trying to fix a situation, but there's, there's a lot we can, you can do with us to not just jump down our throats (laughs) (laughs) because we're, we're, we're all trying. So, yeah. 
and um, that's the best we can do. You know, it sounds like it's just all talk and no action, but like you just offered advice of people going down to the magistrates as a group yeah, and filing charges. And I think if everyone started doing this, this possibly, I would hope, could end this child psychological abuse from going I'd on. I'd like to make one other thing. Okay. If you have eight people going down protesting, every one of you, okay, you are also, if one person says, I want to file child abuse charges against, you know, this person, this person, and, you know, the, because of my kids and blah, 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 blah. All six of you behind him, I want to file against, you know, my people, but I also want to file against his people as well. Mm -hmm. I want to file suspected child abuse. Mm -hmm. but if they say, oh, this is only hearsay, whatever. Um, look for, there's a uh, statute in everyone's, in every state's um, charter, every state's uh, legislature about refusing to report suspected child abuse. So if you're telling a magistrate or a deputy or whoever, listen, I'm not going to file a report at that point. Oh, by the way, video it. Always video record everything you do. Mm -hmm. At that point, you can say, okay, um, dial 911. Hi, I've got, an, I've got somebody here who's breaking statute. 23 RB, whatever. Uh, he is failing to report child abuse and put it to the proper authorities. He thinks or she thinks that they have a supreme authority and understand psychological abuse and have already addressed the situation. He, I want to file in, in Florida, it's felony charges. In other states, it's misdemeanor charges. I want to file this against this magistrate or this deputy or this sheriff for refusing to take a report of child of suspected child abuse and uh, you know and if they say oh it's you know well, blah 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 whatever i'm not going to do it that is exactly the statute that they get they fall under mm -hmm. okay so that other deputy that other police department they should have to write a report and file it against them because how many people have gone, I want to report suspected child abuse, and they've pushed off? Mm -hmm. How many people have they said, hey, listen, I want to report a, a, a police officer or a deputy and write a report, you know, you know, not file charges, but do a complaint against them, and the police push you off? There's hundreds, there are thousands. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes on with us. Do not let them get away with it. Record the fact that they are refusing to take a report. Mm -hmm. They're refusing to write a report on the other person because that's a felony or misdemeanor. Just to give you an idea, just a couple weeks ago, I was trying to help a, a father and the deputy was like, well, I can't do anything. It's out of state. It's out of this, out of our jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. And I was, and I, I didn't want to push too hard mm -hmm. because, um, I can't, I, uh, I don't want to say what or, you know, what the situation was, but I didn't want to inject myself too heavy because I thought the father was doing a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or the parent, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, but the deputy's like, it's, it's out of my jurisdiction. 
And I was like, can you show me? You know, I wanted to say, can you show me where it says this in your statute? Because it doesn't. That's them saying, I don't want to do my job. Okay, because it doesn't matter if the child abuse is in this county, some other county, some other state, anywhere in the U.S., they should have to write a report. That is them saying, Mm -hmm. we don't want to take it. Now, in Florida, I could have escalated it, said um, another deputy, I hate to say this, but I want to file this statute, this charge for a felony of him not writing the report. Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, uh, I was like, you have to take this report. You cannot just artificially say, oh, I've seen this before. This is blah, blah, blah. You know, you have to take that report or you can get. And if that other guy doesn't do it, you can keep escalating, escalating. And then that deputy will also fall into that felony charge Mm -hmm. and just keep doing it. And the only thing you can do is go to the top and have them and please have this on video of all of them saying no we're not going to do our job and protect children Mm -hmm. that's that's one of the best things we can do and show the world that these people are so corrupt that it doesn't matter if a judge is in florida or a judge is in new jersey they will protect and they will protect the establishment by the way i i have some news coming out in another couple weeks Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's a book slash open letter. And all I can say is, yeah, it's good. It's really oh, good. good. It's really good. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I'm waiting on, so I'm going to always say this wrong if I say it too quick public records requests. Okay. I'm waiting for those to come through. Yeah. And once I have those, this is going to, it's going to be really good. Well, I'm glad. Well, you know, when, when you just to piggyback off of what you were saying, when these people don't want to, you know, report or take your report of this, you know, emotional child abuse. Okay. They came after me with emotional abuse charges. Totally. Okay, so they can go after a parent for emotional abuse, yet we can't go and report. At, uh, it doesn't make that does not make any sense. Doesn't does it? No. It's crazy, but you know what? If you go in, my kid was sodomized. Oh, let me get a paper. What? Yeah. Who? Where? When? Uh huh. They are all over that. But the moment you're saying emotional, they all dry up. Well, and they didn't in my case. <laughs> well, they. But did the police come after you for emotional, or but did the the uh, what do you call it? The judge he came up with that with yeah. So yeah. the they I'm telling you they they have to. They're appeasing the judge. It's all about. The balance between them and in my new book, yeah, it shows it. It mm-hmm. shows it clearly, okay? In my new letter, it's a, a, it, yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't want to say anything, but this new one, I, I need to do a pre-release 
because this is going to be really, really good. And people would be, people want to read this. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, most people will just sit back and be like, oh my God, mm -hmm. literally they're going to sit there and be like, and, you know, because now I, yeah, I, I can't, I, I'm sorry. It, it's, it's really stellar. Nice. It's really stellar. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. See, and the thing is, yeah. you know, any parent, even though they're cleared of, you know, any charge, even emotional abuse, that family, oh. and people should keep it in mind, that family court judge is still going to treat you like you are an emotional child abuser. But it's okay mm -hmm. for them to do it. But if you go after them, oh, no, no, you know, the immunity crap. Oops, sorry. And then, then you're left with saying, dear God remove this judge from my life, like I did, Absolutely. remember? And God answered my prayers, and the judge passed away of pancreatitis, probably because of too much of this. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Good. Good. yeah. You know, another one bites the dust, as we always say. Well, that it, was, yeah, he can't hurt any more families. Yeah, well, I know, but there's a long line of yeah. criminals just waiting to take his space. Oh, yes. So. Yeah, yeah, the next criminal was just like him, and he just kept everything the same. Yep. And that's what happens, unfortunately. Yeah, but, you know, things are, I think things, yeah, yeah. The, my next, yeah, you're going to love the uh, title as well. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll have to have you back on. <laughs> oh, you you will, because it's an open letter of just some of the stuff that I've done over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written letters to FBI, Christopher Rett. Matter of fact, here. See that? Oh, yeah. Yep. That's Christopher Ray. You know, he's the director of uh, the FBI. I've spoken with the Department of Justice. I've gone as high as I know what to do. Mm -hmm. And everything's going to be in this open letter, which is going to be, yeah, it's not, it's not small, but it's going to be there. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to say a lot to what's going on and to what's well, going on. And yeah. that's good because people need to be informed. And uh, I know I won't keep you too much longer because I know you're super busy today. But yeah. uh, how can people reach you? Um, they can reach me on the website, childabusivejudges.com. There's a thing that you can contact us. Um, you know, s send me a contact through there. I'm happy to speak to anybody. I'm dealing with a handful of vets right now who are being abused by the system, um, not treating fairly. And you just, you know, I, I don't even know. You know, it just doesn't stop. No. These people just don't stop. Um, my, uh, yeah, the, my fourth book will explain that. Excellent. Yeah. In great, great exact details. You know, and then you'll understand, you'll sit back and you'll be like, oh, now I understand. Because mm -hmm. it's not just the judges. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, and I could throw my two cents in saying that the attorneys participate in, and they enjoy participating in this as well so they can drag out the case. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. okay. So we'll do another podcast, but hey, don't jump off. Slam the gavel to podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here in the future with Kenneth Godfrey, author and other exciting guests. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Marianne.